Whew, hi, heathens. Um, it's Matthew Blake, and it's been a long time since I've been behind this microphone. Um, look, it's it's December of 2020, and we're all collectively limping our way toward the end of this brutal, brutal year. Looking back at it, a part of me feels a little twinge of regret that I didn't give more of myself to this podcast and take advantage of the opportunities of quarantine and just really, you know, churn out dozens of new episodes and grow our little family of listeners and meet new guests and all those things. I, I, I wish, you know, on some level that those things had happened, but they didn't. And if you're a regular listener of Heathen, you, you know this. You know that we've had a really scattershot season. Um inconsistent release schedule to put it non-judgmentally um but you know what i feel like regret is a state of mind that is just profoundly useless so i can acknowledge the missed opportunities and and i can even and will and do offer an apology to those of you who really do love these conversations and would have liked to have had more of them during this terrible terrible year um but i'm, I'm also not here to lament these things Instead, I, I want to look back and see the way that uh, this, you know, year <laughs> has prepared us for Heathen's next chapter. So back in January, you might recall, Karen and I, along with our partners, uh, became housemates. Um, and as it tends to do, living with someone changes your dynamic. There's just a lot more to navigate in a friendship and an entrepreneurial relationship when you share kitchen space and a TV and your dog and your cats don't get along. <laughs> Um, then the virus happened and the four of us found us, found ourselves shut in with each other, figuring out how to navigate lost income and, and two new marriages and unexpected deaths in the family and more. Um, you know, our, our new common workspace here became the hub for all of this, this virtual stuff that we do now. Um, one of the big reasons we moved into this house was for our, the large room with the giant fireplace that we painted pink. We, we wanted to have book groups and house concerts and recording sessions and more. And instead, it's, it's just where we beam out our Sunday morning church services that we are a part of. And our Thursday night heathen happy hours, shout out to you folks. And, um, you know, just online concerts and live podcast shows and all the things that we do every week. So like all of you, we have navigated the unsettling uncertainty of this world with as much courage as we could muster. And we have made what we can by showing up in the ways that our bodies allowed. Um, that Thursday night heathen happy hour show, it's become like our primary little safe haven for this, this core group of really devoted folks who show up every Thursday. Um, we're isolated around the globe, but we're together in this Facebook, Facebook chat box every week. And, and we sing a mix of lovely and ridiculous cover songs and, you know, for Hans, a smattering of originals. And um, yeah, we just talk ourselves through another week of this unending Groundhog Day loop that we're all in. We've only missed one Thursday since March, and that was to let Karen and Ben get married <laughs> in another virtual event that became the worldwide wedding phenomenon of 2020. And I hope you were there because it was fucking awesome. Um. Speaking of Karen, this year has seen her publish two beautiful books of poetry. She's released several new songs with uh, her now husband, Ben, um, in their duo project called Story and Tune. She's launched new branches of her freelance business, and she has all kinds of uh, really cool stuff in the works that you're going to be hearing about very soon. Um, 
And then, you know, for me, uh, for my part, I've just been learning how to be a husband in a pandemic. And I, I think we can say we've uh, successfully navigated that, that first year of marriage. I guess you might want to confirm that with my husband. Um, but I'm, I'm somehow still miraculous, miraculously employed by a, a theater whose stages have been dark since March. Um, and then my other big piece of life, I guess, right now is I've, I've gone from dabbling with drag to creating this full-fledged drag queen character named Flamey Grant, um, who I will actually very soon be passing the torch of hosting duty to here at Heathen. I, I just think a podcast co-hosted by a drag queen sounds so much more fun, doesn't it? Plus, Flamey Grant on Heathen. Come on, y'all. Um, all right, speaking of Flamey, she won't be the only quote-unquote new host here. We are bringing on two past Heathen guests to be full-time hosts, and really can't wait to in- reintroduce you to these fantastic humans and also to pass along 50% of the work <laughs> to them because yeah, making a podcast is work. Who knew? Um, we'll tell you more about that very soon, but for now, I just want to pop in and kick off this, this last episode um, of the season by acknowledging what a very hard year it's been for all of us. I would have loved to uh, give you more episodes this year, but instead I gave you a bunch of selfies chronicling my drag journey, and you know I showed up in various states of preparedness on Thursday nights to sing songs and, and banter. And I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm actually grateful for it. That's what I was able to do in 2020. That's what I could muster. That's what my body allowed for. And I'm even a little proud of it. And I hope, I hope, I hope that you, as you reflect on the year, that you're okay with you too, with the things that you did and with the things that you think you didn't do or should have done. It's been hard. It's just been hard. And I hope you're okay with you. If it helps in any kind of way for me to say, you're okay, baby, you're okay. You're okay. Okay. Um, Getting a little worked up here, all alone in my room, talking to the microphone. All right, this is heathen. I'm remembering now. It's like getting on a bicycle. It's all muscle memory coming back. Okay. I think of y'all often... Um, I miss this. I miss the visceral and emotional documentation of my spiritual journey and y'all's spiritual journey and the spiritual journeys of our guests. Um, and I'm just very much looking forward to getting back into it with a larger team of hosts, with with new guests, and and a few more tricks up our sleeve that we always have. Because, you know, we're heathen podcasts. That's what we do. Um, but before we do get into the new year, the new the new heathen, we have one more episode. This one right here. Um, to share with you in 2020. Now, we actually recorded this conversation with the awesome Tess Meissner back in July, uh, July of 2019. And there's a very long, intricate story that I'm not going to bore you with on how that episode got lost and then found again and, and whatever. And I just really, if I have one regret from this year, it's that I didn't get this episode to you sooner. But um, I'm just glad it's here now. It's happening. <laughs> it's going to be in your ear holes. And y'all, I 
fucking love this conversation. It's probably one of the most out there that we've ever had. And it's also for me personally, like one of the most transformational. That's just, that's just the magic of Tess for you. I, I seriously, I love this woman. I, 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 you know, if you listen to her first episode with us, she took us on a shamanic drum journey to meet our power animal, which you can still go do. Uh, it's, it's out there and it's an amazing thing to listen to. Um, on this one, uh, let's see, how do I describe this? She, she introduces us to a fourth density, um, social memory complex named Ra, whose rule of one is transmitted through people called the Wanderers. Um, or you know what? More succinctly, as Tess puts it in the conversation, aliens, bro. We're talking space Jesus today. I adore Tess uh, with my whole damn being, so I- I'm so glad to bring her back, even if it is a year and a half after we intended to. Um, one more quick thing. If you can't get enough of what Tess is laying down, like me, you're in luck, because as a hypnotherapist, uh, Tess Meissner helps folks heal and grow in a variety of ways, one of which is through past life regression sessions, which if you've never done, guess what? we were able to record one with Tess. She took us on a past life regression um, and it's a live, not live, you'll be listening to it, obviously. Uh, It's a past recording, past live experience, but you can listen to it and go on your own past life regression uh, with us and with Tess. Um, The teeny, teeny, weeny, tiny catch to that is that for right now, um, we're only releasing it to our Patreon supporters. So... I know, that's cruel, right? Tease this amazing thing and, and then say, oh, you gotta pay. Um, look, <laughs> Heathen does cost money to make it, its time and energy. We want to uh, keep doing it. And um, right now, we just want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters who are already there. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for stepping up, especially during a pandemic. We've grown our Patreon during the pandemic, which is wild. So... Um, it's there for y'all now on Patreon. You can go get it. You can sign up for as little as $3 a month and get access to this episode and all the other Patreon exclusives that are there. Um, and listen, hey, if you really want to go on a past life regression with us and you can't afford to support us monthly, just email me, askheathen at gmail.com. That's totally fine. I will send you the episode. Um, but if you can, we would love to have your support. Thank you. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this show. I really do think of y'all often, and I'm just excited to get back to the beauty of these, as we call them, spiritual conversations for the godless. So I wish you the happiest of holidays that can be had in this year. And if you need a reason to smile or some heathens to drink with, come join us on Thursday nights on Facebook, the Heathen Facebook page. Uh, We're there every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific for Heathen Happy Hour. And, um, yeah, it's just one way during a year of loss and isolation that we're trying to feel less alone and more alive. We love you, heathens. And we need to do the whole, you know, you know how it is now, right? You know how this thing works. Yeah. I like, do. You've been here before. I know how it is. I'm like super more nervous this time. Are you? Yeah. Tell me why. Um, because this is something that I have kept very private in mm. my life, and there are very, very few people that I've 
talked about it with, and I've certainly never been very public about it in any way. Um, so it feels extraordinarily vulnerable. Mm. And um, the day that I texted you, it was like this crazy impulse. And I didn't think about it, and I just sent the text. And because um, I knew if I thought about it, I would be like, mm, I don't really yeah, have actually. to do this. Um, so which I don't have to do it, but right. you know, like, yeah. like I, I figured if any, even if it's bizarre compared to other things, like if, if anybody was going to hold a space to understand what it means to be a little nervous about kind of coming out in mm. terms of your mm. spiritual seeking and how it might be different than mm. other people's or, you know whatever judgment we're afraid of in that, like you all would get it. And, mm -hmm. and so here I am mm, doing the thing, doing the mm. thing. And honestly, not really sure what I'm going to say about the thing, yeah. but just showing up and trusting that that will be mm. the most important step. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and it is, it always, always is. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. Well, Tess Meisner's back in the house. Yay! Back in the heathen home. I'm so happy. We are so happy. There's, there's um, yeah, just a handful of people that we kind of keep circling back to and, and inviting back and wanting to talk to more yeah. and uh for sure you are on that list that makes me feel your so yeah, special your episode um with the so 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 tess last time you were here you took us on a drum journey mm -hmm. to meet our power animal yes which was this powerful crazy experience <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> very different for both of us right mm -hmm. totally different um and but something that has for me has lingered i'm sure it has for you too Karen. yeah absolutely yeah well, i think about it all of the time yeah. still yeah mm -hmm. for sure and i definitely have a different i think awareness of like every time i see tigers now i'm like oh huh, mm -hmm. kindred just, spirit right it's just stuck in there a little yeah. bit which i love like it just gave me a new layer it put a new layer over the world for me which mm -hmm. is always the best so yeah. Now I've got the tiger filter. Yeah, <laughs> the tiger filter. It was like 99 cents extra in the Yeah, app. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I have the I, I kinship. I just, it feels like kinship with the crocodile now. Mm, yeah. Know, it's just like. I also love the conversations that we've had with people after the Power Animal episode because mm. people really did it. People sat and did the yeah, drum meditation. You still did. can if you haven't done it. You can go back and listen to that episode and the whole Power Animal retrieval journey is on there. You, you can, can go to the very end of that extraordinarily long episode. <laughs> so long. And only do that part. Yeah, you can skip. That is the longest episode, I think, still that we've ever done. It really is. We um, talk a lot. By, by a while. I'm a yeah. Gemini. <laughs> that means Me something. Really? Oh, my gosh, yeah. twins. Aw, that's cute. Oh, yeah. um, I'm only recently learning what that means because I, I just never was interested in the Zodiac. Yeah. But. I don't know that much either. Yeah. I just know that we like to talk and we have an eccentric sense of style. Yeah. So. And mm. apparently we're, everyone else thinks we're super two-faced, which whatever, fuck that. Whatever. Gemini meaning twin. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I'm just authentic all the time and it just looks differently because I feel differently at different times. Right. Like, (laughs) don't make me try to be the same person all the time. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just a Leo and I'm a flaming stereotype and (laughs) just like pretty much the most cliche Leo that you could possibly be. So it's fine. Here we are. What is the like two sentence cliche? Uh, Leo, just it's an Enneagram three. It's the, it's the Zodiac (laughs) version of the Enneagram three. Uh, Yeah. Just, um, lion-y proud and mm. stagey and mm-hmm. flamboyant and you know all of those nice. things there's lots that goes into it but prideful is a image big one image projection image projection it's, it really I, I i feel confident and someone will write a letter and be like how dare you but i feel <laughs> i feel comfortable saying it is the enneagram three of the zodiac <laughs> okay. um, so at least i'm consistent yay, yay. um but yeah, I've had some lovely, lovely conversations with people who've come up and been like, oh my gosh, I know what my power animal is now. And mm, I that's love been that. really fun. And it's been everything from very specific birds to, oh. you know, more in that kind of lion, tiger, bear range. And yeah. It's been great. Yeah. I do actually encourage you, heathen listener, to go back and check out the original episode, original first episode that we mm-hmm. did with with Tess, um, because we did, yeah, it is the longest one ever, right. <laughs> but it also is one history. of my favorites <laughs> and, and one of the most listened to it's, it's one of the most downloaded episodes that we have. Mm. Um, so do that, get the backstory, but we'll, we'll just, we'll say, so you're, you're, um, a shamanic practitioner and a, oh, I'm a, it's not psych, no, what is it? I'm a hypnotherapist. A hypnotherapist. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm a, both a clinical and a transpersonal hypnotherapist, transpersonal meaning, um, spiritual, I guess you would say. Mm. So, um, part of what I do is I, for those that are interested in it, support people on their journey of spiritual seeking and really kind of connecting to what the divine is for them, whether that's mm. God or a goddess or the earth mm. or their yeah. higher self or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. We were talking, Karen and I were talking with a friend earlier this week about you and about mm-hmm. this, about tonight and, and what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> Alien Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even that part. Oh my goodness. Uh, no, we're yeah. saving that That's for you. Funny. Um, but just because just they were like, well, what, did, what, what did you do? Like, what is, what is a, um, you know, what's a past life regression? What is a mm-hmm. power, power animal journey? And um, we, were, we were like, the great thing about Tess is that exactly what you just said. It's like for people who want it and are interested and are open, mm-hmm. you're there. Like you're there to provide that, that, um, perspective. Mm-hmm. That's not like, a. I mean, the only thing I, you know, I, I just compare everything to evangelicalism because that's <laughs> oh, <why>? <laughs> your <laughs> old context, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the whole context. Um, it's not, like you, your stance is, is not one of like, this is the way, this is the right. truth, this is, you know, like, the thing for all people. Right. This is just, you, you have a practice, like, that yeah. you have found some value in, and you're, like, just the perfect person to kind of hold that space for other people who oh, are, thank you. who are, um, yeah, interested in exploring, and right. maybe not entirely, like, you know, I, I, I first time we did the the drum journey, I was like, I had no buy-in, I was uh-huh. like, I don't, you know, I'm I'm down to try this, I don't think that necessarily think there's going to be anything in it Uh um and then you know and then there is like you know yeah and sometimes there isn't yeah and that's okay too and Mm -hmm. just to be open to whatever is available in the moment and Mm -hmm. you know the more we I think the more sometimes we strive for something it can create a weird kind of resistance like 
Mm, when you're yep. trying to make something happen that's not organically, you know, wanting to happen. So, right. yeah. So I thank you for that reflection. I appreciate it. Yeah. No dogma here. Yeah. Around this table and my practice and between the, you know, you and the people that you know, um, based on what I know of the two of you. Mm. So I think that's why <laughs> we connect so well. Because fuck dogma. Yeah. Dogma is a dirty Who word. <laughs> Who needs it? So a couple weeks ago, Tess, I got a text. <laughs> I wonder if I should even. Should I like, yeah, why don't you just read it? <laughs> this is the most fabulous text to get from a person. Uh, I just was trying to imagine what your face would be like when you read the text. And like, who sends a text like this? I mean, it's so great. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. Um, uh, da 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 da. It had been okay. So, so like before, months. yeah, before this, before this, the last time we had texted was January thirteenth. Oh, is so you texted me on June seventeenth. Six, <laughs> six months. Later. Six months of of just. Although I do think just doing life. The the past life regression that I went to was, oh, yeah. was in the middle That's of the summer. true. And Epiphany would have been Yeah. So we had one we had some little contact. Yeah, a little oh, bit. Epiphany was probably January when you were texting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, still, out of the blue, it's great. Hey, it tests. It tests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for calling is, me out so no, hard. Because this is how excited you were to like just get it out, right? <laughs> like you're just I'm just gonna get this out. Uh, <laughs> my typos are dive, now. And we dive right into it. So what if Jesus <laughs> might have been a being from another planet and or dimension of existence? I haven't heard this yet, and I'm very excited now. <laughs> this is what you're talking about. This Great. Talking Keep about. going. Some might call that an alien, in parentheses, Some. that incarnated to the earth in an attempt to teach unconditional love, and mm-hmm. then we mm-hmm. just fucked it all up a bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on my own journey of outing myself, spiritually speaking. I made a reference to some of this in our first conversation, probably when I made jokes that weren't really jokes about my dad being an a- alien, mm-hmm. LOL. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I spent three amazing days in the mountains with 49 other people who believe the things I believe, and it was crazy and powerful and beautiful, and in some ways I feel more connected, but in other ways I feel more alienated, pun totally. <laughs> just wondering if heathen might be a place to explore that level of weird spiritual otherness i love it and it's here i am it's the place it's beautiful um i mean let's just go right into that i mean for fuck's sake it's as good a theory as any yes like i think so right but <laughs> yeah why, why why on earth would that be any less um or any other planet reasonable than yeah. thinking that I mean, wh- like, because where is God anyway? Like, right. if God, if you believe God incarnated, like, wh- where is that being? You know, like. Well, that's the thing. Like, in the moments where I try to rationalize away how nervous I feel about talking about this publicly, mm-hmm. I remember that Moses spoke to a goddamn burning bush in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it, people well, are like. And donkey, too. And people are like, yeah, cool, that happens. Yeah. So why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So here I am. I'm all about the. Um, I mean, I love the the movies that like you know posit that it you know pyramids are built by alien technology oh. and all this kind of. Is that what we're looking Shredding. at right here? It's it's yeah. all up in these books. I'm the, all about that. The kind pyramids of were actually, according to this material, mm-hmm. built by thought. <gasps> Like telekinesis? Yeah, basically, like the original, like great pyramids were built mm-hmm. by the power of thought oh my God. and manifested through 
consciousness. Wow, wow, wow. And then the other pyramids that kind of came after that were there was a sort of different technique used as they were. They were trying teaching to m- mimic something that had been done. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So here we are talking about it. Okay. So yeah. you. So okay. You wound my up. You wound building. up in mm-hmm. Asheville, North Carolina, which is yeah. my hometown, by the way. So weird. And is it is the place where this kind of thought, you know. It, it, the genesis of this kind of stuff often comes out of pl- places like Asheville. <laughs> um, it's, really it's, a, it's a fabulous place. It um, is a fabulous place, yeah. Unless you are in, you know, what amounts to a cult um, <laughs> of evangelical fundamentalism. But uh, no big deal. No big deal. But you're in. You're, so you're in. What What is this gathering? Okay. And how did you find it? And who are these people? Okay, these people. So. So I'm talking about, in case anyone is interested in checking out the source material of what I'm talking about, (laughs) um, there's a series of five books called The Law of One. The first book is sometimes called The Raw Material, Hmm. Raw, R-A, as in the sun god, Egyptian sun god. Hmm. And so these books were, they're channeled material. So Hmm. essentially there's a group of people that came together in the 70s originally, and there were a group of spiritual seekers that came from a variety of different backgrounds. And there were three kind of core members of what became um, what's called LL Research, hmm. which is a nonprofit. And um, there's only one remaining living member of the original group of three. Okay. Um, but they were, they were spiritual seekers. One of them was a scientist. Um, and they were also very interested in the kind of UFO phenomenon. Hmm. Hmm. Um, that was getting bigger and bigger back in the you know yeah. 80s and everything, and um, a lot more sightings happening, and so there was a lot of curiosity around it. And so this group of three individuals, um, the one, the woman that was part of this group, um, her name was Carla, hmm. and she was kind of the channel. So she was the one that was used as an instrument. She would go into deep trance states. Um, she would, you know, be in a meditative state and then go into a deep, deep trance state and um, basically allow herself to be uh, a channel for this communication to mm. come through. And um, the communication is supposedly from um, what I guess you would say is an alien contact of some sort. Yeah. And um, there were, I don't even know how many sessions, but five books worth. This is just the first Hmm. book. Wow. And um, it's all question and answer. So unlike a lot of channeled material that you might read, um, in a lot of cases, it's kind of interpreted by the person that's the channel, and then they kind of rewrite it with their own interpretation, which may include, you know, a lot of distortion from the original material. Hmm. Whereas this was like questioner asks the question and then the information comes through Carla the channel Hmm. um, from this they call themselves a social memory complex um, which is basically uh, rather than just you know in this kind of plane of spiritual evolution we consider ourselves individuals Mm -hmm. and we have a a very I-ness a me-ness and that individuated ego mm-hmm. and um, this. And magazines called self. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're all about that. Yeah, yeah. we are. Um, and this contact is with a group that is um, significant, 
significantly more kind of spiritually evolved. Mm -hmm. And they, um, at that point of evolution, according to this model, um, they are kind of a, a more of a we mm -hmm. society and they have, um, they're the Borg. The, they're like a, a positive expression right. of the Borg, right? Like I'm so helpful with resistance my resistance is futile. No, but honestly, there's so many. Um, there is there's so many things in science fiction mm -hmm. that uh, that you see some version yeah. of this, right? right? And honestly, there's so many things in science fiction that are coming out as happening and starting to happen whether it's technology right. or yeah, or like, our collective consciousness also maybe we should stop with the artificial intelligence oh my god like can you please say that again and again and people, never stop saying it we can hardly imagine a future in which artificial intelligence goes well it we literally can't yeah, yeah this yeah. is my favorite rant we so we can do, do this it's, later it's my it's yeah, my favorite really rant, so we're gonna it. have to fight over stop it. making smart <laughs> robots it's not cool it's not cool it's not a good idea yeah I mean, even in our current plane of existence, mm -hmm. I think was the word you used. Like, I mean, we have examples of this kind of behavior in nature, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. we have colonies of insects yes. that, yeah. I mean, act of, as, as uh, of one mind, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. Like, and things are so in hello. <laughs> Karen got excited. What well, is I just started right thinking now? about cells. Uh -huh. Ah, what your cells know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then call, cells. Call back to Dr. Jeffries. Yeah. yeah. And just the idea of <clears throat> cells behaving in a way as though they all can communicate around things mm -hmm. without there being any clear method of communication mm -hmm. between yeah. them. Like that's happening inside your your body yeah. as we speak, which is... Yeah. And it's completely inexplicable yep. to, to science at this point. Right. Like yeah. there's no, no understanding why. of how or why, like what cells do what they do ultimately. Like yeah. we understand the mechanics of it, but... Well, in this material, I guess they would talk about how everything is essentially a fractaling expression of the one infinite creator mm. so you can call it god um in this material they call it the infinite creator mm. or the creator and and everything is the creator mm -hmm. and so you know all the way from all of the infinity of the universe mm -hmm. to our individual cells in our body mm. everything is this like contained expression of that infinite creation so, of course, we can look at that smallest example inside of ourselves and still find the ways that that manifests. Right. Um, so I think that stuff is really cool because, again, this is where my love of the intersection of science and spirit comes up. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, ooh, how is science just, like, figuring out what the mystics have known for eons, right. you know? Right. This is where my heathen panel... Cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Room and just the whole oh uh -huh. man, mm -hmm. so great. One day, someday, dreams. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think we went on another tangent because you asked me how I ended <laughs> up in Asheville. Oh yeah, LL Research. Yeah. So so they're the group that's responsible for this this channeled material. Mm -hmm. um, I was exposed to these books when I was very young. Mm. I don't remember how old I was, but definitely young, like, I don't know, eight. I feel like as, I was the only per I was this, I was one of two people at this retreat that had been exposed to the material as a child. Mm. Wow. The only other person is a current staff member at LL Research that's mm. not part of the original group, but is, you know, somebody that believes in it enough that he's working for the nonprofit. Mm. Um, 
my dad introduced me to it. And, you know, I make jokes that this was like the Bible in my household, Hmm. um, which is funny because, you know, my dad was such a not Catholic. Um, Hmm. And it, there's no real, there's no dogma in the books. It's just kind of an offering of a perspective Hmm. that made a lot of sense to my dad. And especially after his near-death experience that he had when he was younger. Um, And so he would just try to have conversations with me about some of the basic principles or ideas in it um, in a way that maybe a child could start to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I remember when I was really little, the thing that excited me the most about the perspectives in in these books was that, you know, it talked about an infinite universe mm-hmm. and that essentially um, in an infinite universe, anything is possible and everything can and does exist. And so in my child's brain, I was like, fuck, yeah, that means dragons exist somewhere yeah. and fairies yeah. exist somewhere. Unicorn. And, and unicorns, all the things that I was drawn to as a little magical child mm-hmm. that I was, um, it really captured my sense of possibility, and and that I just really loved that. Hmm. So I very distinctly remember like having that realization hmm. one day when he was trying to talk to me about it. I was like, "Yes, excellent, news. that's great." And now hmm. I get to visit those kinds of spaces in hypnosis, whether hmm. it's myself or with clients, and so yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, so um, I, over the years, have become a little monthly donor to LL Research. I donate in my father's name because he Mm -hmm. doesn't want anything. So for Christmas and his birthday and all Mm -hmm. that, it's like, cool, I'll donate some money. (laughs) Um, They give away all the material. You can get it online for free. They have, um, you know, programs where they get it out to even prisoners that are in prisons that are interested Mm -hmm. in it and... And then you can buy it if you want it in book form um, versus a PDF. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, I'll support them because, you know, I believe in what they do. Yeah. And so I would get emails every so often about events that are coming up. And I typically wouldn't pay a lot of attention to events because I, you know, don't often have the time or the means to be gallivanting off if it's not for like a training or something. Right. But this... This time, I saw that it was happening in Asheville, and I have a really, really dear friend that lives in Asheville Mm. that I hadn't seen for like five or six years. Mm. And so in my mind, I was like, well, this feels like the universe is telling me it's time to go. Right. So I'm going to do that. I'll go see her, and then I'll go to this retreat. Mm. Mm. And when I reached out, I happened to snag at that time what was the last seat that Mm. was available. So it really felt like all the stars were aligning. Mercury was not in retrograde. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of how I found myself there. Hmm. And it was a really surreal experience because, like I mentioned, this has been something that's been really a very private thing for me. Um, For... for how long? Like, I mean, your whole, like, since childhood? I, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess my actual question mm-hmm. goes back to your dad and how that interaction was. Um, 
because the way you talked about it was your dad would try to find ways to have conversations with mm-hmm. with you as a child and, and you know so how how much did you feel like and I'm just asking because I'm curious about people's experiences mm-hmm. um, with the introduction of spirituality into their spheres mm-hmm. um, because again, my frame of reference is this evangelical, <laughs> like we're going to pound right. this into you. We're going to make sure you say the right yeah. things and believe the right things. So what was that? How did it, how did that feel coming from your dad? And did you, you know, why, why has it taken you basically till now to like, you know, start, start talking about Cause it? Cause aliens, bro. <laughs> yeah. Cause Seriously aliens, though. Like, bro. I mean, I, <laughs> I love that so much <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's kind of the biggest reason it's taken me so mm-hmm. long to talk about it because right. even in the quote unquote conscious community mm-hmm. where people believe all kinds of things, right. when you start talking about extraterrestrials, um, there's a lot of weird faces, like weird looks you get. Yeah. And, and in a way, um, aliens, bro, that's, yeah, that's the I mean, title, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Aliens, bro. <laughs> Um, and in a way, like, yes, there's the messengers, but there's a lot of things that people can get distracted by when it comes to these books. Um, Mm. I mean, I know people that read them religiously, so to speak, (laughs) and the things they, um, for some reason focus on are the things of like conspiracy theory, like, stuff you know which whether or not any of that stuff is true um it's not the point of the material it's not the Mm -hmm. point of why these beings chose to you know reach out it's not the message that matters Mm. the message is in the spirit of it and so um i've kept it private because i i've been afraid of judgment i've um just not really felt like explaining myself, you know, I feel like you got to provide a lot of explanation when a lot of context. Yeah. 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 And, um, and not everybody. And certainly now that I'm more of a, you know, I have my website and my private practice and all Mm -hmm. that. And I'm more of a public person and that I have to put myself out there publicly in some way. Yes. And a lot of the people that come to me, even the ones that are spiritual seekers, like that's, too far down yeah. the rabbit right. hole for them. So um, it's just been a personal choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the the conversations that I have had about it have been primarily with my dad. Mm-hmm. And then also with a small handful of really, really close friends that I know are not going to think I'm some wackadoo person, yeah. you know? Because I think if you know me, you know that I'm still a grounded, like right. in this reality, mm. right? Quote unquote normal, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Human. And um and I believe some stuff. Right. It's <laughs> different from what some other people believe. And that's you know. It sounds like a really yeah. like sweet point of connection with your dad. I don't know, just the way you're talking about it. I I, I feel like there's this like I don't know, almost the fact that, that you have, have, um, haven't felt comfortable talking about it with mm-hmm. other people. It's like, like having that, um, respite in a way with yeah. your, with your parent, um, to be able to like 
do that over the course of years and like have that confidant i don't know i, I don't know what that must be like i'm, I'm really <laughs> right. just imagining at this point because i yeah. don't <laughs> have those things it was hard when i was little because mm. you know honestly part of i think of course i i know my dad wanted to instill some values in me as mm -hmm. every parent wants to do um and i also think he just didn't have anyone else to talk about it with mm -hmm. um and he really, he needed that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was a both and, and I don't know if he would admit to that, but, um, <laughs> but I was, I was that person, you know, my yeah. mom, he still tries to talk about it with her and she just, she can't even. <laughs> um, I was going to ask what your mom thinks No, about it's, and part of it is, again, when you try to force something really hard, oh, yeah. resistance happens, right? You, so right. she just has a different way of, of orienting in the world right. and um and my dad tries his hardest yeah um, because for him the teachings have brought a real sense of peace mm. and um something that helps him make sense of the world um a crazy world and and that works for him yeah. whereas it totally does not work for my mom right right but isn't that just the thing? Isn't yes, that just exactly what exactly the thing? Everything we mm -hmm. we talk about with with all of the spiritual seeking and the religion, yeah, isn't it? Just, like we're all just looking for the thing that mm -hmm. helps right. us make sense of the chaos and the and the pain and the hard stuff right. and the good stuff. Like mm -hmm. how does it all fit together? And we the reason podcasts like Heathen exist is is because we don't do that well with each other. Mm -hmm. We don't right. We don't give each other the space to just like that. That works for you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. right. <laughs> like, no, we find all these different beautiful ways to exist in the world. And then we get very obsessed with mm. convincing everyone that our way is the right way. The right. Rightness. Like that's the, I need to now win the competition mm. of figuring yeah. out a good way to orient the universe. Yeah. Prove that mine is the right one. Yeah. But, but really, yeah, that I think that that the heart of that, just that this is something that brings someone peace like that's such a lovely thing, especially I think a lot of us have trauma and wounding around, you know, people sharing their beliefs and things like that. And that's that's just such a lovely thing to keep in mind is just that often it is just a corruption of that idea mm -hmm. of like, this is something that brings me peace and I want to share that with you. And it's yeah. just kind of gone haywire somewhere along the way and the places where it becomes icky. But I think that's a lovely, it's a lovely core. Yeah. Nice. So... You know, it, when I was young, it felt like, ugh, I just want to be outside playing, <laughs> and my dad wants to talk to me about this stuff, and yeah, I get it. We're all one, blah, blah, blah. Um, and But I was still absorbing it. You know, I was taking it in, and it, it was making sense to me somehow. Mm. Um, and then at some point when I got older, probably in high school, I read the material for myself um, and just continued to let it kind of organically do do its thing and and sometimes I forget how much it's shaped the way that I perceive things because it just is it's part of who I am mm -hmm. so yeah and and now our conversations about it are very different because we're kind of more on equal footing and yeah 
And it was nice to to go to this place, this retreat where there were, you know, 49 other people that I could talk about hmm. this with openly. And some right. of them were like way more educated than I am about it, you know, um, in terms of like knowing all the details and the quotes and everything. And I'm just like, yes, I live some of this stuff, but I right. couldn't tell you where certain quotes are. Right. Um, but just to have that sense of freedom and safety to to do that and um and to feel my dad's presence in that you know because mm. he's too much of a hermit to actually go out and <laughs> do one of these things on his own but it was it was just a cool a really really i mean cool is just such an inadequate word um it was a profound experience for me so community man yeah yeah, oh, really. People. It matters. It's why. It's really why. Matters. It's why. It, I firmly believe it is why churches are still a thing, okay. despite yeah. despite all of it. I mean, it's why I still go to a church despite right. all of it, and there's a mm -hmm. lot of it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um. But community, yeah. it, it, And and when you're able to do community in a way that like you're talking about, not, it's not just the like common belief thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's the although. I think for a lot of people it is because that's like the the uh, lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's the easy that's the easy way into relationship with folks is when mm -hmm. you believe the same thing or you fear the same thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you if if you you know push it just a little bit beyond that because that's the thing we try to do in our spiritual community is is and and when I say try I do mean try <laughs> try. It is hard freaking mm -hmm. work to yeah. be in a community where you don't. Where there isn't, where there isn't dogma, yeah. Where there isn't like the set of uh, you know, the creedal, like the right. points that everybody has to check, 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 check mm -hmm. you know, all the boxes. Um, it's such freaking hard work to it's do that, yeah. but still work that. At, at this point in my life, at age thirty-seven, it's, it's still worth doing. At mm -hmm. this point, you right. know, we'll check in again in a decade, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I do think it's really fascinating how much our culture just determines what we think is believable mm -hmm. or not believable or what we think is an extreme belief versus a, mm -hmm. a, a commonly accepted. I mean, by far the most commonly accepted religious belief in this country is based on an eternal God who divides <laughs> into three pieces and has a hell and a heaven and like where everyone will be forever yeah. and which is uh, liquids can change form into other liquids. A logistical and nightmare <laughs> and like, everything. Burn, yeah. And so there's, there is, there's very little and most of this is based on. There's more like just whack out their stuff in the Bible than there is in Harry Potter, okay? Like, Absolutely. Uh -huh. And people believe And yet we this. go, this is normal, and this is fine, this is and this is acceptable. <laughs> this is what we all, of course, this is true, yeah. that, like, the blood of a man who died, mm. uh, you know, 2,000 years ago is what you need in order to get into heaven. It's your mm -hmm. pass key, and that's how God likes you again, and, you know, this yep. is how this works. <laughs> and we go, okay, this is a cool thing that we all... We, no problem. No. Reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens, too far. And here's the thing. Like, of things that we actually know about the universe, uh -huh. one of them is mm. that there are solar systems uh -huh. throughout with planets uh -huh. upon which it's probable that there is life. Like, it's science can actually tell us yeah. that it is mathematically probable yeah. that there's probably life somewhere out there in the universe. And that 
is a hell of a lot more than we have going for almost all religions, myths, and I don't know, legends, whatever else we're basing things on. Right. Like, we have more tangible evidence that this could be true, I would argue, than we do for most of the things mm. that we are, say are commonly accepted beliefs. Do you so. think one of the defining like pieces of uh, one of the differences is that religion, at least the one that we were talking about, offers us perspective on what happens after and that existential mm. dread that we all have. That and we like, just like it, so we're willing to... Well, just, like what, you know, I like death is scary. Yes. Death is yeah, the ultimate fear for, for sure. most humans. And so religion offers that uh -huh. where science w would not even presume, right? right. At this yeah. point, like, right. We're, you know, obviously there is science around that, but like, at this point, it's like, no, we, we definitely don't know. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, um... So it just that is, is that maybe what it is like the safety and security of we just well this it. one this one like abates my right. it's, a, it's the pill that like it's always fear tames my yeah tames my fear so always comes down to fear doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so here you go yeah <laughs> um okay so how much how deep do you want to go into this like can we learn a little bit about I mean, I can, I can go. I'd love I to hear. I loved. I, I'm, I'm super interested. I in... mean, I bookmarked one little thing. I love it. Um, that is kind of the go-to quote in the material for explaining very succinctly what the law of one is. Mm. Okay. And when I read this quote, it'll also give you a bit of a taste of the the language it's i will say it's not the most accessible of mm -hmm. reads because right. of how the language is and you'll you'll see when i read it um but so i guess i'll start with the question questioner my objective is primarily to discover more of the law of one and it would be very helpful to, to discover the techniques of healing because they talk a lot about healing, personal mm. healing and planetary healing in this. Um, I'm aware of your problem with respect uh, to free will. Can you state the law of one and the laws of healing to me? So just as a side note before I go into the answer, mm -hmm. um, when we were talking about kind of imposing our belief system on others, right. um, Ra, the social memory complex that speaks through this channel, talks a lot about free will. And there's sometimes questions they won't answer because they say, you know, that'll infringe upon the free will of, hmm. um, upon your free will. And so it's interesting it's like a completely different model. Like okay. I'm not going to go there because right. that's, it's actually infringing upon, you know. Okay. So, um, another horrible metaphor, I'm sorry, but maybe mm -hmm. it'll, it'll help me. Go um, for it. Another, also from Star Trek is that, would it be akin to the prime directive in Star Trek, which is like yes. when, as an advanced uh -huh. civilization, exactly. when we encounter one that is not as advanced, exactly. we don't, we don't reveal ourselves. We don't. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. Or we don't this reveal very certain types of things. for me, actually, the Star Trek context. Is it? So, I knew yeah, that was going to so happen. Like, I was great. like, we're going to get into Star Wars and Star Trek here. And that's cool. <laughs> that's I right. know way less about Star Wars. So yeah, me <laughs> stick, too. I'm going to stick with the Trek. Here, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Trekkie myself. So. <laughs> right. This will all go easily. So the answer is... I am Ra. It always starts with I am Ra. I am uh, Ra. The law of one, though beyond the limitations of name, as you call vibratory sound complexes, may be approximated by stating that all things are one, that there is no polarity, no right or wrong, no disharmony, only identity. 
all is one. And that one is love, light, light, love, the infinite creator. Wow. So that in a nutshell is the law of one. Yeah. There's no separation. There's just the illusion Mm -hmm. of separation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you wanted to say something. Well, no, I'm just, it's not all that dissimilar from some of the stuff I've, we've been looking into in recent years, like Richard Rohr and non-duality and... Yeah, uh, Cosmic uh, Christ and all that kind all of thing of is, stuff. is sort of in that yeah. same vein. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, I had some great conversations with my grandmother, who's a Christian scientist, before she died, and it was the first time that I'd really asked her mm-hmm. to explain God. And Christian science has a very, like, sort of a thing that they say god is this that and the other thing but it is essentially Mm -hmm. god is all things god is spirit and mind and breath and Mm -hmm. earth and all of the just god is all and god is love like Mm -hmm. that's the same Mm -hmm. and it's it's essentially the same core belief Mm -hmm. that there is no separation all is god and therefore there is no right or wrong all of that is a perception they'd call it error mm-hmm. um they call it distortion in this material right so, so everything but, is just a distortion of love a distortion of mm, unity right. basically yeah so regardless of how you are regardless of the error in your seeing mm-hmm. the thing underneath it isn't actually compromised by <laughs> right. that yeah. which, which Not- i I was going to say Matt Heck in season one, the little heads popping out of the, like, I have, I have self-perception, but I'm part of this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I've said in, in very specific context recently about how, like, I'm zooming out on a a social problem that is going on and going, you know, the, the thing is, like, there isn't a thing. There isn't a problem underneath it. Like, the problem is just all of the fear that we have that there is a problem, but there, Mm. underneath it, everything is still nothing changed Mm -hmm. nothing changed it just we got scared and we got weird and we sort of created this misperception of how things are but everything underneath it remained the same and i think that that's a i don't know that rings it rings true to me across all of those channels Mm -hmm. that sort of there's a zoomed out and a zoomed in Mm. version yeah and you know for our humanness i think it becomes like it's a really lovely concept that mm-hmm. all is one and there's no right or wrong, right? But our humanness really struggles when we have to practice seeing the creator in a rapist. Yeah. Right. Or in somebody that's, you know, genociding, you yep. know, people, right? right? How can we look at that person and challenge ourselves to still see them as the creator? Yeah. Right building concentration camps along the border. Right, right. Can you not? But also. (laughs) it's That's exactly the thing, right? And so there's that line of um, doing our best to do that. Oh, God, the cat cat. scared me. (laughs) Hi, cat. I'm, like, really focused right now. The cat cat, cat cat says, don't be scared. The cat's like, bring some levity to this situation. We're talking about concentration camps. Cat is one. Cat is one. Um, Jack would love to be one with anyone at this table, by the way, if anyone wants to just like mm-hmm. Thank you, him. Kitty. Um, so how do we attempt to hold that yeah. and not just use that belief as a spiritual bypass yes. and go, oh, well, it's all just an illusion anyway oh, and all wow. is one, but like still right stand up it. for like what what needs to happen, right? 
right? Yeah. How? How do? How does? Yeah, please. Great question. Well, um, because as humans we think about things in duality and binary systems and all that. Um, in the raw material, they talk about. Um, you know that old saying, "All roads lead to Rome," right? Mm-hmm. All all paths lead to the Creator because the Creator is everything and and everyone. Right. But there's kind of they talk about two expressions of spiritual evolution, one um, which they call service to others, and the other being service to self. Mm-hmm. The service to others is some sometimes called um, you know the love of all or service to all. Yeah. So there are two paths and the to translate for our former evangelicals, spiritual growth and missions. Yes. Um, also <laughs> and nothing can separate you from the love of God. You yeah. know, kind of bringing the star Wars element in like the dark side oh, and yeah. whatever the other Jedi are called. I don't know what they're called. Sorry. I'm a trick. They have the force. They have, well, they all have the force. They all have the force. That's just, true. The dark, there's the dark side. Right. Like that. And that's kind of that intelligent infinity energy that they talk about in right. the books. But in Star Wars, they call it the force. And um, so both of them, but when they speak to it in the books, there's no judgment about which path you take. Mm. Because either way, you're basically just exploring as this soul that's evolving. And you're exploring different ways of connecting with the creator and in the service to others path that path is is a path of not just self-love but also love and service to your fellow you know humans and beings upon this earth and the and the whole earth whereas the service to self path is really more about um about that hierarchy and not seeing other self in the books they call they talk about self and other self. So right. instead of others, it's other self. <laughs> um, so you're not seeing other self as creator if you're on the path of service to self. You're you're just kind of looking at your own um, what's the word um, eliteness. Mm. Okay, mm. and so and they kind of have a whole. Um, framework of how you there's these different stages of evolution boy I'm really getting into it now so um, and they talk so they talk about densities and densities are kind of these different I almost think about them as like grades in school so first density life would be the elements earth air fire water Mm -hmm. still has its own version of consciousness um, but not the kind of consciousness that we have right? right Second density life is plant life and animal life. Um, and within the densities, there's like sub-densities and sub-sub-sub-densities because everything's a fractal. Right. <laughs> um, third density life is hu- typical human life. Uh-huh. Um, and then beyond that, fourth density. Um, so the books are really talking about the transition that the Earth is going through right now, supposedly. Mm-hmm from a third density planet that supports our type of life to a fourth density planet that will support fourth density life and potentially other types of life as well. Mm-hmm. And so this transition's happening. We've heard many versions of different people talking about, you know, whether it was the Mayan calendar or this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Lots of people are talking about how Earth is in a time of transition. Yeah. Um, and so this, these books really talk about that. Um, 
And so, you know, Jesus, for example, he shows up in these books a lot um, because he was a fourth density being from another place. He was on his way to graduating into the fifth density. Oh my God. I you guys love need this to song. see Matthew's face <laughs> hardcore right his now. His mind was just blown. Yes. And instead of graduating to that fifth density, uh-huh. the story goes that he um, decided to come back to Earth and be incarnated in a third density body, so a regular human body, to be of service, mm. to bring the message of the law of one and unconditional love, essentially. And Jesus wasn't alone. There are many, 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 many wanderers upon this earth, Hmm. some from fourth, fifth, and even sixth density. How many densities deep does it go? Um, It goes to seven, Uh and then after that starts a new octave. Hmm. They talk about it almost like the musical scale. So there's seven notes, there's seven densities, and the eighth one begins a new octave. And and that's in the mystery. Ra Hmm. doesn't know. Ra is a sixth density social memory complex. Wow. So that's as far as they know. Hmm. And so Jesus kind of took one for the team uh-huh. and was reincarnated here to be on a mission of service. And presumably that, like that's a thing that regularly happens. Yes. And, that's and particularly right now because Earth is in a in transition stage. stage. Right. So we really need these wanderers to lift the vibration of the Earth because as you've noticed, we're sucking at this transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff's bananas. It's... Like, if this were a birth, the birth is not going super well. No, we need intervention. We need some midwifery. Yep. We need all kinds of stuff. So yeah. so folks like Jesus and and many, many normal folks that you see yeah. and meet every day. Right. You know. I wonder, are there, and this is just a purely, like, this does not need to be answered, but I wonder, are there any, like, like public figures that we could point to? Oh, and be for like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Dalai Lama yeah. was a wanderer. Yeah. Um, personally, I think Mr. Rogers was a wanderer. Uh, yeah. Totally. Like, I think he literally came to this earth to support little children and mm. loving themselves mm. and being okay with their emotions and that all the things. Me too. Yeah. It's fine. I can't think about Mr. Rogers without crying. I know. I know. The He's thing. the best. He is the best. Um, Are, would you... <laughs> are are these are these folks aware of this is my who, question who they are i or, think some of them are aware are? Yeah. um the way that they describe wanders so there's a few types of wanders or a couple really one are individuals who um are kind of earth their origins are of earth and they progressed spiritually through the densities to you know, the fourth density mm-hmm. upon Earth, and mm. they're choosing to stay here to help Earth's yeah. transition. And then other wanderers come from other planets or other dimensions to support that. So reincarnation so totally like makes a big is part of this. Yes. Like it yeah. makes a lot of yes. sense in this context. Okay. And yeah. but but also there are other dim- like other dimensional beings potentially right. coming here as well. Wow. So one of the common experiences of wanderers, um, and sometimes they call them the brothers and sisters of sorrow, which sounds mm. very sad because in many cases, wanderers feel very alienated. Of course. And yeah. they feel yeah. like they have a mission. Mm. They're here for a real purpose. Yeah. Um, but they feel alienated sometimes in their families, sometimes in their communities. Yeah. They um, just 
approach things a little bit differently. And I've met people in my life and in my practice where, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yep, you, you're a wanderer for sure. Mm. They don't know what that is. I, there's no point in telling them my theory. Um, They're just here doing their thing Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And, um, you know, if, if people are really drawn to this um, and really, it really resonates deeply, then my experience is those people probably are some version of that. Mm. And then anyone who is on a spiritual path um, that is living and embodying love and acceptance in that way, I think is that, or they're on their way to kind of graduating from that third density experience into the fourth, um, Mm. you know, when it's time for the, for the earth to be doing that. Um, and yeah, it's really just, it's the energy that you choose to hold in the world. And, you know, if someone's walking around like with their ego waving the wanderer flag, I'm like, Oh, I don't know about you. Um, but, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's many, there's many people. It's so that just like rocked me to my core because I remember distinctly sitting and watching the um the Mr. Rogers documentary. Mm-hmm. And I riff about this is another thing I riff about all the time, just like the loneliness of genius. But yeah. there's that part where he's walking on the beach yeah. and like that's the part of that documentary that wrecks me because uh-huh. just that the profound like I can see this thing. I can see what it is and what it mm-hmm. needs to be. And no one is behind that with the same passion and vision and yeah. understanding. And just that's the part about his story that I find so profoundly heartbreaking, mm-hmm. just that loneliness and knowing that no, I can see, I can see, I can see how this needs to be mm-hmm. and I need to do it. And just even like his wife, even his children, just mm-hmm. not quite not quite getting it, loving it, yeah. thinking yeah. it's beautiful, thinking it's great, but like he always had to be the driver of uh-huh. that, right? Like always has to be his mission. the source, yeah. right? And um, just the that's just a lonely freaking mm-hmm. way to go through life, you know? And yeah, but beautiful. It's just tragic and gorgeous. I think of like Robin Williams in that same mm-hmm. context, where like I think that Robin Williams just had things that he couldn't quite communicate to the rest yeah. of people, you know, and just like was, and there's just the loneliness of that, of mm-hmm. that kind of genius and a mind that works that quickly and mm-hmm. the ability to see, cause you have to see the whole picture to be that kind of comedian, right? You yeah. have to be mm-hmm. able to see this big thing, the whole pull system, pieces yeah. from it and rearrange them and just the, the untouchableness of that mm-hmm. is heartbreaking mm-hmm. and beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, public figures maybe, but the I think for me what's striking is that you can be on the path of service to others and you can be a wanderer and and that might mean that you have a very large role in society or it may mean that you have a very intimate mission that you have just in your small community or even just in your family to hold that energy of unconditional love and it isn't about the scope of the mission Mm -hmm. Mm. because um, as they say in the books, you know, to serve one is to serve all Mm. because Mm. one is the creator, right? And and all is the creator. So that's in a way very humbling to me, right? That anyone that we can meet is, you know, when we talk about the second coming of Christ, like that's happening. Mm. It's here. It's Christ Mm. consciousness is here. We're, 
you know, trying to wait for Jesus himself to come back is missing the point. Hmm. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) I am receiving this message. (laughs) I mean, you, that's great. You're not the one that really needs to receive the message. I think you had the message. Okay. Sometimes I do. Well, then. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad. That's really good. I like how we're both just going to cry now for a while. Yep. (laughs) Okay. What's happening for you? Um, Oh, no. I I don't know. (laughs) Mm. Let's talk because I don't know yet, so I'll have to talk it out. Okay. Um, What about those of us who are probably (laughs) third third density Mm -hmm. people, beings? Yeah. Energies? (laughs) Um, I mean... Don't underestimate yourself, by the way. I I mean, I won't, but... um, some of us are probably yeah. right. Oh yeah, there's plenty. <laughs> there's plenty of us. Um, so, um, yeah. What 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 about the role that we play? I mean, it it mm-hmm. obviously similar mm-hmm. like mission yeah. and similar trajectory that we would all be on in this in this way of belief in this way of thinking. But um, is it different? Um, for someone who's maybe not mm-hmm. <laughs> not the wanderer, but like like I'm here and I can learn from the wanderer or whatever, like I can just learn from my own experience. What about the impact I have on those around me and mm-hmm. on the world? Like, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um. So the kind <clears throat> of work of third density life is choice, mm-hmm. or sometimes they call it polarization. So in any moment in any experience, there's the possibility of choosing love. Hmm. There's a possibility of choosing service to your fellow man, or there's the possibility of choosing just straight up service to yourself Mm -hmm. and subjugating your fellow man or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, devaluing them in some way. So that's all third density existence is about that choice and the choice points that we have at any given moment, whether they're very small or their massive choice points. Mm. And um, and as the earth is moving towards a fourth density existence, third density beings, their entire job is to polarize positively. Um, I mean, ideally, I that was judgmental, I'm sorry. You can polarize whichever direction you wanna go, whoever's <laughs> listening to this. But I personally, I speak from a service to others perspective because that's the path that I've chosen. Um, so the, the work is to polarize in whatever direction you're choosing such that when graduation comes, so they call it the harvest, hmm. when graduation comes, like you get to go to fourth grade, basically right. Right. <laughs> either along the path of service to others or service yeah, to self. Yeah. And interestingly, they kind of, they actually break it down with percentages and the, because the language is very, um, very kind of scientific in a way because mm-hmm. the questioner was a scientist and um and so the questioner sorry is carla no the questioner is a gentleman named don he's one of the three yes I don don really don elkins like that it's, it's i mean i'm used to being abraham and and i like that I it's know, don, right? and carla. don and carla <laughs> don carla and james don Aww. elkins well james that's fine yeah, yeah. Don Elkins, uh, he had a kind of a scientific background. Okay. So, um, and then Carla, she was a librarian. She was a Christian. She's, I think she described herself as a mystical Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, 
so Don was the one that formulated a lot of the questions. And so mm-hmm. when Ra communicates, of course, they're having to translate from their consciousness, which doesn't have language because it doesn't need language because everybody is one unified understanding. So language doesn't need to exist. Right. So it's having to be filtered through Carla, but also I think in a language that Don understands because that's the person they're talking to. It's like, you know, your audience, right? right? right. So, um, so they talk about as we're polarizing from third density, from our third density experience, you have to be 95% towards the service to self path in order to graduate to fourth density service to self. So that's mm-hmm. like, you got to really fucking love yourself mm. and just devalue everybody else. Wow. That's, you know, basically uh, so many of your choices have to be driven from that understanding that like I'm the best and everybody right. else is below me. Mm-hmm. Versus service to others, you only need, I think, 51% oh, polarization, wow. which sounds easier right but inevitably and if you think about the culture that we live in there's so much um there's so much not choosing right not taking a stand for the thing standing back and letting someone else do it or doing it with maybe not the best of intentions behind whatever it is you're doing so it's still not an easy task Right. right but that's the work of of third density and so you're still bringing that space of love and it may not be unconditional love because as humans we're not really programmed for unconditional love right um but there's still a way to choose the path of love and service in any moment right which i also want to clarify that service to others doesn't mean you don't ever think about your needs and you just sacrifice yourself all the time Mm because self is also creator, right? So there's a balancing that happens there that I think is important. It's an integrated Enneagram too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, man. I like that. Good question. Here's the thing that I land on every time. Every time that we go into this, every time that we go into someone's framework of what's working, like there's just so much goddamn beauty in the center of, these things like Mm -hmm. there's so much that's so beautiful in just the ways that people have organized these thoughts Mm -hmm. there's so much beauty in it and every time like i love i love this i love getting to sit here and listen to this and listen to everybody share what's working because it's just it's just like you're talking i'm just like this is it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it's beautiful what you're saying it's beautiful everything about it is lovely um and I don't know, it's just, we grow up, especially I think indoctrinated with so much fear around mm-hmm. different ideas, but there's so much similarity mm-hmm. at the oh, core yeah. of all of these. Like there's so much overlap mm-hmm. in all of that. Um, and it's just every, like, I'm just listening to you talk and, and thinking, yeah, it's, there's so much that's so familiar mm-hmm. in what you're saying to so many things that we know and so many practices that I know and that mm-hmm. are familiar to me. And, um, I don't know, I just think it's, it reassures me again and again, the more I look at a wide variety of ways of understanding the universe, the mm-hmm. more I believe that there is a core truth that we're all Absolutely. looking at in different ways. Like the more that is cemented for me, I just, I think it's gorgeous. It's so pretty. 
Yeah, there's the only separation that exists is the one that we choose to perceive in any given moment. Right. You know, so. Mm. Guys, I like alien Jesus so much. Alien <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I didn't even know what we were talking about with the alien Jesus thing. and I. I mean, I didn't. Really, I just had that text. I didn't know any of this. This really, is so great. Yeah, so so Jesus, you know, might have been an alien, and and it was a real risk to take the mission that he did because we have when we incarnate um, this veil of forgetting that happens when we come into this body, we forget that okay. we're part of infinity. We're, we we right. forget that we're part of the Creator. Yeah, Jesus forgot that mm. he who he was, and when you choose to come back into a third density experience, you risk gathering karma hmm. so he could have gathered karma and basically been stuck here in a third density experience to have to reincarnate again hmm. and work that karma out hmm. um, but he relieved himself of all of his karma when he died on the cross and he said you know forgive them father for they know not what they do right so in that final moment his complete forgiveness just eradicated any any karmic hmm. balancing that might need to happen um, because he really embodied that you know mm. it wasn't just lip service so to right. speak so he completed his mission and then you know we kind of took his message and did a whole bunch of shit with it yeah right. distorted it further and further and further and here yeah. we are um but the message at its core is exactly what you're speaking to it's this similar message that you can find in every at the core of every faith right you know yeah is love yeah yeah the idea that there is um consciousness mm -hmm. what is, what is raw called a social social memory complex a social memory complex the borg we're back to the borg <laughs> the, <laughs> the, borg, the positive borg the, the, the know, better the god, borg the, the better borg the whatever yeah. yeah the better borg the better borg bureau <laughs> hashtag better borg um <laughs> can we now please it's call so it good. aliens bro and the better borg yeah it's Great. gotta be in there somewhere awesome. perfect um, it's funny to me, like, I think one of the things... Can we I'm... let there be light, by the way? Yeah, well, you want to be able to see? You don't want to do this in darkness? That's weird. The, the I mean, it's The sun cool. is leaving us. Ra is leaving, <laughs> leaving the sky and leaving us in darkness. Um, the, the idea that, uh, there is someone speaking mm -hmm. to us. That there's someone who, like, cares <laughs> enough to make mm -hmm. the, to make the kind of sacrifices you're talking about to... Wow, you know, it's um, I'm I think that's part of what I'm responding to, mm. which is kind of pissing me off <laughs> and making me like like feel uh, things, <laughs> um, because because you know I, I I so have rebelled against the idea of God, the God mm -hmm. that I was raised with, right. um, because that's not that's not good in 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 my experience that hasn't been good and um. But it's interesting that I still have that, <laughs> that there's something in me that's like, oh, like yeah. entity cares, you know, like, right. like there's consciousness out there that cares. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't, it's really hard to fault or blame or um, even want to try and disabuse people of their notion that, you know, Jesus loves you. God loves you. Um, when I have that own 
when, when mm. that's a desire I have to, yeah. you know, like I, I, that's in me. I, and when I hear here, you know, and I think about the idea, interstellar, mm. that movie, uh-huh. with Christopher Nolan, like, yeah. like that movie made me feel things that I didn't uh-huh. like feeling, you know, and this makes me feel things I don't like feeling because it's like, there's like whatever future us or uh-huh. just right. all of this. It's like someone's reaching out. And that matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I just had that. I just remembered that story about you uh, looking back on your younger uh-huh. self and the yeah. other thing and that whole thing. And like, it's that same sort of idea of like, well, but it's, it's us at the same time, just totally. in a just different point on the timeline. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I that's, and that's exactly right. Because raw as a social memory complex, who knows, like they could be a complex of all the oversouls and higher selves of all of us that are here yeah. and they're reaching out because they want to help us along. Cause we are, yeah, they right. are us and we are them. Exactly. Like... <laughs> you know, resistance is futile. <laughs> then we'll hunt we'll be it. assimilated. It'll be good it'll though. Be great. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the beautiful Borg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the beautiful. Sorry. Borg. I couldn't come up with the one for the heathen besties thing. And now so I now just have like, the beautiful, Borg. beautiful Borg. Yeah. I've got to do something with my life. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it a lot with your life. <laughs> it's just alliterating. Um, is there any practice that like what, what as a person who believes, Mm-hmm. What does that, how does that manifest in what you do or even think maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like how, how does, what is, is there a practice around this? Yeah, and, and does it this affect is, your routine? I guess. Yeah. This is like hard language because again, mm-hmm. I'm so like, you know, it's so, it's so ingrained in me that you go to church you and remember you like this take communion. So are there, is, is that part of it or is it just more of a consciousness thing and, and. I mean, you, you've talked about like making the choice, like like yes. everything is every that's, decision is. That's the biggest. So they ask about like, well, what can we do right. as beings on this earth to try to, you know, experience the law of one or live that, and um, you know, there's lots and lots of conversation around self healing and kind of balancing the chakra system and opening to intelligent infinity, which is kind of the in streaming of that universal energy. And Mm. so there's that stuff, but the practices that they really talk about are number one is, um, is finding the love in Mm. every moment, the choice for love Mm. in every moment. Um, I mean that alone right there. That's enough of a practice. That is enough work for the rest of our Mm -hmm. lives. All of us totally for the rest of time. But sorry, not to interrupt. No, that's that's the biggie. Yeah. And beyond that, um, you know, they talk about looking at anyone that you look at and seeing the creator. Mm. And then they say, look in a mirror, see the creator, and look at all of creation around you and Mm. everything in creation, and see the creator. And that's it. Mm. And they they certainly talk about um, silence and meditation and contemplation as a way of kind of allowing the door the the doorway of the mind to open mm. to really um, integrate th- those practices so mm. that it's not just something that you talk about, but it's something that you're really living. Um, and they recommend, you know, cultivating a, a, a capacity for inner silence to be able to 
to listen more deeply. How does body come into play? Because mm. I mean, you you already mentioned Karen. Yes. Like the moment I the moment I felt like I was accessing or like visiting my younger self uh-huh. was was through yoga, yoga practice. Uh-huh. Um, and I I found I found body to just be huge for me lately. Yes. So what is how like mind soul love, and body? <laughs> I love that you asked that. So. Um, Ra talks about how we are a mind-body-spirit complex. Mm. So, um, Holy Trinity, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, in kind of further densities, I think by fifth density, um, there isn't necessarily a physical body. Mm. A, a physical body can be manifested mm. Because they are Christ-like, so they can manifest from nothingness hmm. or from the ether, right? Hmm. Um, and by sixth density, there's no physical body. There are the, there's more of a light body, so everything is light and mm-hmm. more dense light. But here in the third density and second, um, we're well. Third density is a mind-body-spirit complex, so it really talks about the whole system and how that system plays together. Hmm. Now, I love that you asked that question because um, for me, one of the things, you know, when you were asking about how it was to be learning from my dad early on, um, I think one of the things that was to me distorted in how my dad talked about the law of one was, you know, um, his understanding that like, well, the body doesn't really matter because it's all about the soul. Mm. And, you know, the body's just kind of a vehicle. When we're done with this one, we'll reincarnate and have a different one. Yeah. So that's not really the thing that matters. Right. And that's an evangelical message as well. Yeah. And that's that's really not the truth of what's in here, but it it's just a way that it's it's just a perspective that my dad held or yeah. it's it made sense to him mm-hmm. that the body or that the soul was what mattered more you know sure. i mentioned he had this near death experience and so for him being back in this body even though he chose to come back right. clearly cuz he's here right um this isn't home for him and his body is not home for him mm. home is whatever happens after this mm. and so i think that that's part of what colored his kind of understanding of it. Right. But for me as a as a young girl, it kind of shaped a little bit of a disconnection from my, from my body. Mm. And it also when I, you know, in my teen years experienced some kind of traumatic things. Right. Um it was a way that I was able to kind of spiritually ba- bypass that pain for right. a very long time because I I just told myself like oh, well, my body doesn't actually matter. Like, mm. that's not the thing that matters, right? Yep. Absolutely. Um, which is just, it's not true. Right. Um, because our body is one of the ways that we um, process in the raw material they call um, anything that we experience it can be a catalyst, right? A catalyst for growth and opportunity mm. to express unconditional love. So we process catalyst through our bodies, right. like we through our emotions, through our sensations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started taking the somatic experiencing training, which is literally all about how the body and the nervous system store trauma mm-hmm. 
and how we can release that. And it's using that body as a portal. Hmm. And our teacher said something really that struck me. He said, your body is a resonant tool. Hmm. So in this training, we're learning to use our bodies as that almost like a tuning fork, right? Mm -hmm. Where we feel the resonance and the vibration from the person across from that and whatever it is they're experiencing. And we're, we're helping them understand their body in that way so that they can, you know, discharge what needs to be discharged. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I found shamanism, which is a very, very embodied practice. Mm -hmm. It's very yeah. about the earth and the body and, and, um, you know, yes, spirit, but also the physicality and the holiness of our body as a temple for our spirit. And that was what brought a lot of healing for me because it was the bridge that brought me back to my body. Right. And now I can, you know, come back to this and understand it from my own perspective and what I know. But that was something that was missing for me for a long mm -hmm. time. It, I was pretty disembodied around my spirituality for a very long time. Yeah. We don't know what that's like at all. No, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> No shame around the body stuff. No, we no, haven't never, experienced no. the disembodiment. No, clearly. Yeah. It's, a, it's been a real smooth sail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if yes. I want to explore more of this is this like the starting point yes the raw material mm -hmm. so you can go on this is book one yes you can go on llresearch.org mm -hmm. and they have all of their library up there for free as pdfs mm -hmm. or you can purchase the books you can get them on amazon you can get them at your probably local new age store i really encourage people to go onto lresearch.org and purchase them directly from mm -hmm. the organization because this is how they keep themselves mm -hmm. going. Right. Any creative endeavor, always purchase yes. it directly from the creator if yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And actually, I am I'm starting what I hope will be an ongoing study group. Oh, hmm. nice. Um, I had my first... I got on Meetup when I got home from the retreat, and I was like... Because Asheville has a very well-developed study group that's been meeting for three years yeah. with quite a lot of people. And a good third of the people at the retreat were from the Asheville study group. And I was really struck by the level of co coherence and just love in that circle. Mm. And I was like, how is it that in Asheville, a little city... There's all these weirdos that are into the same thing. <laughs> and I haven't found anyone in San Diego. And, you know, I went on yeah. Facebook and I I went into the Conscious Community Facebook group and I posted about it and literally nobody responded. Oh. I think one person messaged me. Um, Hi, Kitty. You just shove That's them somewhere cute. if you want. Um, so then I went on Meetup and I thought, well, I'll just put it out there. And if people are interested, cool. And if not, then I'll just be alone <laughs> and I'll, <laughs> I'll connect with my friends virtually. Um, but within a few days, I had 50 members in the Meetup group. What? Yeah, wow. I know. It was crazy. And awesome. so many people excited because they also don't know anybody that, right. you know. And so I'm having my first Meetup on Monday evening and... Um, it's full. Hmm. 
which is crazy. We'll see who shows up, but I'm really excited about it and really in the mystery about it. And, you know, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. My desire is to co-create something that feels co-led and that it's just about reading the material and just sharing about our impressions and how it's living in our life and any Mm. challenges we're having and how we're processing catalysts and Mm. all of that. So that's um, my kind of vulnerable new endeavor and being a little more upfront in my practice because years ago I realized that part of my mission my practice is to serve wanderers whether or not they are conscious of that Mm. Um, but I haven't found I think in some ways the courage to be really explicit about that Mm. and I think for me this was a step in that direction yeah so I'm really, just really, really grateful for the opportunity and for the, you know, understanding and the love and the acceptance and everything that the two of you bring. It's really a huge gift for me. That's so mutual. It's 100% mutual. Yeah. I, I feel honored that we got to hear you unpack this um, mm-hmm for people who've never heard about it like this and and that we get to like be a place that folks are going to, because even if you you've listened to this whole conversation and you're not interested in going further with it, like alien Jesus. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Even if alien Jesus isn't for you, (laughs) (laughs) aliens, bro, Um, (laughs) which may be a considerable number of people, especially in this time and place who would say alien Jesus is not for me. Yep. (laughs) Probably probably a good amount of people right um you still have heard a conversation that i mean i don't know i'm sorry i cried in it like that doesn't doesn't happen every episode so well actually it happens a lot but (laughs) right but not i I don't know special for a moment there there, matthew (laughs) it's not even 50 percent. it's not 51 it's not 51 (laughs) percent. although we did make each other cry in like less than a minute when you picked up the mics yeah the other day that was i thought i was like that was a record one for us like we went zero to tears warp speed i literally came to pick up a mic stand and we had yeah probably 60 (laughs) seconds of interaction we're crying we're like oh good job everyone (laughs) it's a job well done um thank you so much yeah for the information and the material but also just for you for being you and Hmm. (laughs) bringing your spirit and I don't know, this is the second time now, but not even second, because we've had you at Sojo and, and I've taken a class from you. So this, you're just like, you're becoming a, a, a thing for me. Like, I love your energy. Cool. I, we like you. I need it. I, like, I want more of it. So I might be getting on Meetup um, and looking at your group as well. Mm, um, where else uh, can folks uh, access find you, me. find you, find your services? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend them. Please tell us where they can where we can do that you can find me on www (laughs) (laughs) on the world internet um dot infinite truth healing.com it's the name of my practice infinite Mm -hmm. truth healing and i'm a hypnotherapist and shamanic practitioner um i do past life regressions which Mm -hmm. is what we're going to be doing shortly and you can find it on the heathen patreon account (laughs) Um, it's just one tool that i use in my practice um for the purposes of healing work um 
but I also do clinical hypnotherapy and um, kind of the spectrum of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my primary focuses are on supporting people through trauma resolution, um, anxiety, symptoms of anxiety and stress management, and mm-hmm. then spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my jam, but um, I do everything else in the mm-hmm. spectrum of what can happen in hypnotherapy. So um, I do free 20-minute phone consultations. You can Great. see if mm-hmm. I feel like a good fit. I do groups sometimes. You came to one of my past life regression groups, mm-hmm. so those are a great opportunity to experience group hypnosis, mm-hmm. which is different than individual hyp- hypnotherapy, but mm-hmm. um, it gives you a good taste of, of what that's like. And it's you know an affordable way to kind of get a... a get your foot in the door and get a feel for what the modality is like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then to just in case, uh, do, do you, is everything you do based here in San Diego? Like do people need to physically be here or do you work with people via? I do work internet with, via, yeah, yeah, I do work with people on Skype. Right. Um, I mean, I have even have a client in Australia. I have a client that was in Spain that just moved back to the States so Skype is absolutely possible. I don't really do phone sessions, but if you're okay with some video mm-hmm. stuff, awesome. then totally, that's totally available. Yeah. All right. InfiniteTruthHealing.com. Mm-hmm. And then yes, heathens, as Tess said, if you just can't get enough like me, um, <laughs> go to our Patreon kidding. account right now. It's patreon.com slash heathen podcast. Um, there is a, uh, an exclusive experience episode there waiting for you, uh, where we do a past life regression with Tess and you can do it too. Mm-hmm. You can participate, um, by listening. And can I say one thing about Absolutely. that? Um, you, as long as you come with an open heart and an open mind, you can experience past life regression even if you don't know if you believe in reincarnation or if you don't believe in reincarnation. Um, because it might just be that your mind is creating a beautiful healing story for you mm. around whatever issue it is that you want to, to explore. So if you're just curious and want to check it out, I encourage you to do so even if you're like, I don't know about that reincarnation thing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Tess. Thanks, you're welcome. Tess. Anytime. You it's my pleasure. Always welcome back. <laughs> Anytime at all.